I'm surprised, you know, because when I pick up on this and it doesn't work, I don't understand sometimes. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's the phone that you have, you know. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's also the connection. You think so? Possibly. It all depends on how far as well. Yeah, maybe so. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, yes. Um, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teddy Hawker podcast. Um, if you've listened to all the first season, this is season three, part two. Now, unlucky retro, you are the very first one. You are the very first guest to for me to have on this new this new structure, new questions platform. Um, okay. I would like to say thank you for being on, thank you for being on the last one. Mm. Well, you're more than welcome. Huh? You're more than welcome. I mean, yeah, thing. Yeah, Always yeah. Here to help. yeah, I had good turnout um, for the first one and the last one. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, we get better results from this one. Please, please, people, mm. bear, um, please, please, people, I am in January going to invest in mics. I'm going to try to do this thing on video, but right now it is just more better for me to do it on just voice and just basically try to do it like this because trying to get people to your house right now especially because it's winter bro i'm not going outside to do these things <laughs> yeah. no way mm, that's true but um how are you man how are you how are you keeping oh yeah well i'm good i'm good yeah it's been quite busy for me over the last few weeks but, um yeah um settling in and just uh yeah just doing okay. your time yeah. yeah yeah just doing my thing we have been playing this game called Nike, and I don't oh. think I don't think we should try to skip past that. Like me and like <laughs> they tell me about the game, and you know what? I want to put it. Explain to the, so explain to the people what game we're actually playing. Um, well, Goddess, no, Nike, Goddess of Victory is uh, yeah, it's a mobile game. Surprisingly, um, it's been quite a while since I've played one, and. Um, it's what can I say? An action shooter for the phone. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, you have a team of five. You know, you can choose between five different characters, and you know the story progresses. It's all about like androids and um, humans and so forth and so on. Yeah, it's quite hard to describe because I haven't actually finished it myself. But it's quite yeah, it's really enjoyable. I think. I think um, if the game goes up to year three, normally, what well, I would say the midlife of a, of a mobile game, people playing a mobile game, it's three years. If me and you are playing this three years from now, we come up when we listen to this, I'm going to say to you, like, how far, I'm going to ask you, like, <laughs> how much, how much, right now, how much, what, what's your power right now on EK? Hmm. Yeah, that would be quite surprising, yeah, I guess. Yeah. By the time, what, give it three years, we could, could be up to, what, 100, what, 200,000 probably? In power? <laughs> that's if it's still going for three years, bro. Yeah, that's true. No, not even that, you know, because I think when I see some of the lists for the power range for, like, the person, for a Nika that is limited, they're, mm. like, 15,000. So probably the power will probably go up to, what, 100 and something thousand? Probably. Yeah, you could do, yeah, probably. It would be close up to, like, yeah, probably 60, 70,000. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they've made the Nike kind of go any further. And it is kind of like the first, the first couple of weeks. How long has it been? Three weeks into the game. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks into it. So we will try to see how far the game will actually go, and we will play. We will bring you updates when I have. <laughs> <laughs> back on anyway. Mm. 
Um, I do need to bring you guys back on again for our future podcast because the gaming awards is coming up, and I feel like oh, yeah. coming into this, it's on tomorrow, I believe, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. For... Yeah, yeah, I think it's Saturday. Yeah. Exactly. So, people, this is the Teddy Hawker Podcast Season 3, Part 2, New Questions. Um, mm. I do have icebreaker questions for you. So, you're okay. just Very cool. Okay. Right. right. So, remember, these are just icebreaker questions. So, don't think about too too bad about them. And I do have a stupid question as well that means you can go through and we can talk about. Yeah? Okay. Like, it's, right. it's, a, it's a ridiculous question. And it's just anytime I ask somebody, I they, they they start looking at me like I'm mad. But there is an explanation for it, and I want to know. I, I want to know everyone else's version, the takes of a different, um, what's it called, the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales, and certain things about them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, so the first icebreaker question is mm-hmm. seventy-seven plus twenty-two. Yeah, nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ten apples left on the table. Take yeah. away six. How many do you have? Well, if you're holding them, you've got six. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ten apples on the table. You take yeah. away six. How many do you have? You how many do you have? You said ten apples on the table, and you take you take away six. Yeah. How many do I have? Yeah. Yeah, you got six. Good man. Okay. There's four on the table. How many countries? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the countries, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Okay, okay, because you know how it is, but if I look at TikTok now and then that same question come up, I don't know what people, I don't know what they want in schools. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Okay. Your mother mm-hmm. has four kids. North Sorry? East, your mother mm-hmm. has four kids. Yeah. North, East, and West. What is the last child's name? Your mum has four kids. Yeah. Yeah. And he has so sorry, say again, your mum has four kids. Your mother has four kids. Yeah. North, east and west. What North is the east. last child's name? I guess well, I suppose the, the answer the wrong answer is South. Uh, I'll stick with that. God. South? Yeah. No, it's your name. Yeah, I, I knew there was a catch towards it, but yeah, go on. Continue. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. There it is. Mm-hmm. If you had to say, if you had, if you had to say your fate, your if you had to say your least mm-hmm. race, what would it be? Your least race. Your least favorite race. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, I wouldn't really watch. I don't really watch racing, so. I oh, don't know. Right, yeah. Hmm? You got it right though. That, that, that's the right answer though. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I kind of knew where it was going because it was that whole like, ah, oh, um, is he thinking about actual race? And like, I didn't want to answer, but I thought, no, I, I, I'm going to be smart and like pause for a second and then say, mm, I don't really watch racing like Grand Prix and um, and uh, MotoGP and stuff like that. Not really. No, I did it on purpose. Right, you got it right, but because. I've seen that joke before and people have gone like, oh, white people. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You're racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a neat. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. We are in a race and you pass the person in second place. What place are you in now? Second. 
Oh, well done. Well done, bro. Believe yeah. me. People, I've asked those questions to you, bro. It has been dumbest answers. Yeah, they're like, that's the first, first place. I thought I did quite well there, but yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. The stupid question is coming up now, yeah? Okay. The boy that cried wolf, yeah? Yeah. What did he do so bad to the villagers that they didn't come to his aid, even though they knew this time the wolf was eating him? What did he do so bad? It's not a trick question. So... I, I, I'm just asking. No, no, no. What did he do so bad? Well, he kept lying, obviously. Yeah, I know, but think about it, though. In modern time right now, if someone was killing me, so just because yeah. I called cry, I cried wolf so many times, they yeah. know this time the wolf is eating me. What mm-hmm. What did I do? Like, me crying wolf, that's oh, no, not what? bad enough for this time. For no, no, yeah. So, yeah, basically, yeah, you just kept on. What he did wrong was cry wolf. If he had probably yeah, cried something cried else, else, maybe they would have come. If they said, yeah. oh, there was a fire or... Uh-huh. I know, but then, like, what? Well, yeah, but then, what did he do? You think about it, everyone stood around and, and heard the wolf just eating the beat, that eating it, like, and he was yeah. just like, they were just like, well, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, what? Because they were tired of his shit, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, but what? To what? For, for what? To let a wolf murder him? Yeah. <laughs> That's Wait, cold, bro, bro. They were they were lucky to live past thirty five back then, yeah. So like, <laughs> survival of the fittest, bro. Listen, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so, so if someone kept crying wolf all the time, it's so basically it's just it's basically so it's just allowed for people to just go, you know what? I've had enough. If he's getting eaten this time, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he's going. Well, how many times? How many times you walked out of a station and one person's asked you for change and you just walk right past them, bro? Come on, be That's honest true. now, yeah? Do you know what I mean? They're, they're like, we do it even quicker. At least they came a few times. After we cried a wolf, they came a few times to double check and then, yeah, they thought, fuck it, man. you know what I mean? That's true. But at the end of the day, nowadays, bro, man asks for like a couple of pound coins and people just walk on. Straight away. No, it's, it's, it's the ones where they, like, if you ask for the money, and like you go into when you buy them a sandwich, and like, oh, I didn't want that. You're like, what? Bro, <laughs> I swear down there, I'll tell you this year, I was at Mile End. I know this guy a bit off, off, off topic, but there was a guy who asked me for change, and I didn't have much change. I had like a pound or so. And I said, bro, you know, I've got a pound here. Do you know what I mean? I'll get myself a drink, but, you know, take it. And the guy went to me, oh, do you have a, uh, a debit card? I said to him, yeah, sorry, mate. I said, of course. I mean, everyone knows. Oh, he was like, yeah, is it possible you could transfer me 20 pounds? What? Yeah. You're lying. Uh, bro, I promise you now. Gave you the whole cock and spiel about, you know, trying to find a home for the night and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he asked me to transfer him 20 pounds. And I'm not being funny, but last time I tried you have to have some form of housing to have a bank card. What so, the hell is going on? I, I know. It's, do, you remember that, do, you remember, do you remember when we went up to um, we went up to that manga place as well, um, Forbidden mm. Planet, sponsored me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and 
that guy was busking and he was doing the uh, he was playing the music down the down in the down in the train, and the guy yeah. had the stand and it had the the oh the, yeah the debit uh, card the debit card you could tap on it yeah yeah and I thought but you need to rent those yeah. Like I said, at the end of the day, I can understand that some people, obviously, they make the effort. Yes, they're going to lose a bit of money, but hopefully they'll be able to achieve more money while doing their busking. I mean, I'm not going to knock the genuine people who do it for, you know, music and clout in that sense of being heard. That's fine. I don't mind. But when a guy comes up to me that I see there near enough every day, standing outside the train station drinking alcohol, and then he comes up to me and has the cheek to ask me to transfer him £20, I think to yourself, you know, come on, you're pushing me up. I'm going to see you here tomorrow doing the same thing to the same people. And how much money must he get? Because eventually someone will drop him a fiver or a ten a year every now and then. Do you know what I mean? It's the silly. Like I said, those people, I have no time. I mean, at the end of the day, it makes me feel bad because there's people out there that are really struggling. But, you know. I know, man. At the end of the day, it's hard to pick and choose. You know what it is? You know what? Do you know what I always remember? And I always remember just before COVID. Remember that lady that used to come into Alpha all the time and she used to sit on the like, Yeah, the yeah, yeah, at the front of the store. Yeah, yeah, all the time. For like hours, hours. hours. And I, I, remember, I remember one time I gave her some nuts, whatever, and she was just like, Yeah. You're giving me this. And I was like, Just take this. And she was just looking at me like, I don't want it. And I was like, You need it. Like, yeah, like you're in here smelling candles and stuff. I always thought to myself, like, Where is she sleeping? Bro, I don't know. Like I said, there's some working in in Asda for so long. It was you see some stuff. I mean, a lot of people don't realize it. People think it's yeah, just like know, a retail store. Before we start, anyway, yeah, let's talk about that. Like they, pe- I want people don't realize like um, well, how much stuff you go through working in retail. Yeah, the the the. Mm. the do you have any? Do you have one story or two stories you could tell the people about? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I do. I've dealt with it quite a few times in work. Um, yeah. Uh, no, let's take a story about it. So people, me and Unlucky Richie, we used to work nights in Asda. So yeah, us us as night managers in a, in a retail shop was mm. kind of very, don't get me wrong, there was more people in the day. It, it seemed more drastic in the day because more people used to film it. But I'll be honest with you, we didn't have time to film in the night. We would just like do what we we're doing, get on with it, and go home, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, that's what we were there to do. You know, just deliver the store in the morning. And obviously, before COVID and stuff, we were twenty-four hours, so it was a constant, you know, battle between work and customers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, story-wise, when it comes to it's more along the lines of people don't realise what kind of drama and yeah. and like stuff that happens in retail. Um, mm. I've dealt with it myself. Um, I've dealt with a uh, young girl wanting to commit suicide. Yeah. At work one time. Um, it was frightening, but obviously the job had to be done because obviously I'm running the store, you know, so anything that happens in the store is my responsibility and yeah it was it was a tough event because the uh, young girl had tried before but she did it outside the store but then she decided to do it inside it was quite messy um, I have 
it was. I mean, just you know, it's it's quite astonishing how someone could harm themselves in that way. You know, it's and actually seeing it on a ship working. You know, you've got. I'm not. I don't want to kind of do. What's the word? Um, diminish the actual event, but obviously I've got a store to run as well. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, it's amazing that anything that happened. That, that's why I think I didn't like retail. Anything that mm. happened in retail, it didn't matter what happened. If you put it in the folder, as, as they said you to ask you to report it, they still mm. would want you to still get that store in shape by six thirty, seven o'clock when trading starts. Yeah. It didn't matter what happened in the nighttime. And I think yeah. that's what people need to understand. It's when your store was 24 hours, anything that happened in the nighttime was your responsibility. It didn't matter if you were new manager or what, a, a two-week manager. You had to be able to resolve that and get those colleagues to fix that store within those couple of hours that they had. And yeah. basically, the um, store remains, store, store continues trading. Do you remember the last incident that we probably had together was the guy that got head that the guys that will find the Prosecco bottles and the guy got hit in the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. the guy got hit on the head with the Prosecco bottle. Yeah, all that blood was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and all, I know. and all we got was, so we had police, CID, detectives, forensics yeah. all come in and mm. the next day, all we got was, can the store open by seven? Yeah. And I think that's when I had enough. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this this is not worth my time anymore. Like, there was no True. going home early. There was no like anybody trying to say anything to you. It was just like, yeah, just continue working. But mm. you didn't realize that you were in it. Like, it happens. It happens. Things happen so fast that you're just like, oh my god, that happened last night. You tell them, then you just want you to come back in the next day, and you're just like, mm. oh, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Yeah. It is, it is. I mean, yeah, speaking of that last event, yeah, that was... Um, I always seem to be in as well when a blood is involved, a lot of it. Don't work. Uh, I've lost a few uniforms to it. So, yeah, I always seem to be in the midst of all this stuff, so... I, look, I, I think I threw away my jumper that day. I think my knife... I yeah, think I, had I had to. I think I, yeah, I remember we had a lot of blood on us that day. Like, it was done yeah. the wrong people. It wasn't... It, it was, it, it is what you think it is. It was like, it was an attack, it was whatever, but it was yeah. like, it's a normal, for me and you, come on, drunken people coming in, calling ambulances. Yeah. Um, like, it's normal. us drunken people in the aisles and people passing. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, it does have, it's really hard kind of things, you know, obviously. You know, there's a lot of things, like, um, for example, I've dealt with like, uh, Children falling out of trolleys and falling unconscious. Um, oh, I've that. had, I've had a guy have an epileptic fit in front of the store. Um, um, what else have I? I've had so much drama, like gang wars. I also had the one where the remember uh, you were in that day. I was alone, and I remembered we were outside for some reason. I don't know what we were outside for, and I remember Victor said to me you need to close the store down because there's something going on in the uh, the sprinkler room. And I was like, where? And he was like, it's an electric... I remember he said he could smell blue smoke. And I was like, what the hell is blue smoke? That doesn't exist. And I remember going outside and this blue fucking smoke 
was just like firing out of the roof. And I remember I had to press the emergency bell. And when I, to, I remember the, the fire brigade coming to me and he goes, mate, 20 minutes fucking later on, this whole fucking thing would have gone up in flames. And I'm like, what? And he goes, mate, the whole, he goes, the reason why it was blue is because this, he said that the, the sprinkler cap on the top was so hot. It was mm. blowing, like it was, it was, he said when we went, it was red hot. And he said that like, if we didn't shut that line, mate, he goes, this whole, he said this whole back bit. And I remember they came in and I remember fucking the pagan fucking GSM at the time. He was just like, <laughs> yeah. he was just like, nah, he's a pagan fan. I, mean, I realised, bro, I'll be honest with you, mm. the amount of stress that I have because of that guy, I've realised now. I've realised yeah. that now you've gone into a new job, I didn't mm. have to go through everything that we went through. And no disrespect to them, and I will, I will put this out there. I will put this out there right now. Mm. What they're putting their managers through in any retail place is not acceptable. Where we're working to the point where, and it, you people they don't want to believe them. You can you can come to me, and I've got four managers that could probably even tell you the truth, even if two of them don't want to say the truth. But I believe that unlucky ritual would. But it's like you work in mm. eight until sometimes like twelve o'clock, working eight until like eleven, and yeah. you're not getting paid for it. And they, oh yeah, it was yeah, and these stores will say to you. Oh, they're not doing that. Maybe it's the way you're. Maybe it's the way that you're running the place. And me leaving now, it's not. It's nothing to do with me running the place. It's how much money the store is willing to spend to put in the man hours to give me the the right amount of people so I can finish the job. That's it, basically. And they they made you feel so guilty about not getting the job done. You didn't realize how much it was rubbing off you in your personal life, and especially like your mental health. Oh yeah, 100%. Working 15 hours a day and not really getting much sleep and just, you know, it, it, it causes your mind to spin. It's, it's unbelievable how fast you lose track of your own life and how fast you lose track of just time itself. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You, you see, especially obviously <coughs> during COVID and stuff like that, there were times where I would see my family for about five, six hours a week because I was just constantly on edge, just working, you know, ensuring that, you know, I kept my kids safe, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was exhausting, tiring. And like yeah. you said, having management, don't get me wrong, always wanting the best. But they were they were pushing in unbelievable ways. Yeah, remember, I'm gonna name. I'm gonna say this right now. I, I know people from I listen to us what this podcast or whatever it is. I remember. Do you remember when me and you got two? We got two. We got twos on our appraisals. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, do you remember I that day? We both, me and you, got twos on our appraisals. I can't remember what it was for now because I remember as soon as I left that place. Any, any any clothing that I had of them, I dashed away in a bit. But that too on my appraisal. But I think you know what, bro. I've been leading up to everything that happened, why I left, or whatever I did. Yeah, there was so much going on at the time. Like wrong management was in place to lead of us. Then I leave, and then they put like the person down, and he makes you like a part of a free. And he was like, to me, like they didn't need to do this. Like it, it was so badly structured and everything like that. And just getting the bro, that I'll be honest with you, that get, get, getting that too on that appraisal mm. from that type of person that can't even manage me on a normal day, like outside, like 
it, it, it didn't make any sense to me. Like getting a two on my attention when you work so hard every day. Nah, nah, nah. You see, and, the thing and, is, you're yeah. Go on. Oh, no, the thing is, though, you're never going to um, what's the word? You're never going to achieve what you believe that you're going to achieve. Because at the end of the day, they're always going to find some holes. They're always going to try and pick some holes in something. You know, it's just the way things are. But I know. I had quite a temper in, in work, especially in my like, last few years. Like, 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 do you have but, one now? Now you work where you work now. Do you have the same? Do you have the same? I don't. Have the, but you don't have the same temper, right? No, I don't. I mean, I had to calm down because, suffice it to say, I mean, I know I sound quite mellow and quite um, chill when I speak on podcasts and stuff like that. But I do actually have quite a temper. I'm very very quick to agitate when it comes to people not doing their job properly and trying to reinforce me that their job is more important than mine yeah i i really despise that especially when i'm the one that's carrying you <laughs> do you know and what that, i mean it's the... nice and i'll be honest with people people that is not a put down from what from what he's saying, believe me, it's not a thing of like he's he's like I was there to witness everything that was going on in the store. I've seen we have seen people injure themselves, come back yeah. to work, people lie. We've seen people pass away, and yeah. people like have we've seen people having affairs. It's it's, it's the amazing. life of retail is. Uh, it, it is a EastEnders drama every single day. Well, I used to call it Big Brother. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I mean, just working in retail in, in general is, especially if you work nights, because you find that people that work nights usually stay the longest yeah. because it's such a, a certain kind of particular job. Usually when it comes to like bigger retailers and stuff, the people that usually work for people who don't know on nights are those people that have like children, you know, like mothers that have children and, you know, they have to do things during the day. And obviously that little bit of extra money helps them, you know, with their children. And then you have the kind of, you know, middle-aged guys who have done their hard job. And now they're just kind of settling off. And then you have people like us who are like, you know, working up the ranks. And then you have the really young ones who are doing university and studying and stuff. So, yeah. I, you know, I used, to, you know, I used to push, you know, the university ones. Hmm. Anytime, I'll be honest with you now, anytime they told me, Dom, I will study, even if it was a lie or a bit, I leave them, I used to say to them, go and study. And I, 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 not, I did not want them there. I didn't want them in the no. store. I didn't want them in the store. Essentially, like, you know, people I don't want to bring their names, but yeah, but you know, like. No, no, you mean the Cowboys. You mean the Cowboys. Cowboys, the Power Rangers, bro. Yeah, mate, the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, them, all, the, all them guys that were studying. Mm. I didn't want them to be there at all, and that's why when when um, Josh left and Jelani left, I was so fucking happy mm. because the guys were so angry. Oh no, they need to come back and do like two or three days. I was like, no, nah, fuck that, man. Go out and do your do your coursework and go and live your life, bro. Because if you mm. don't, mate, it, 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 it's a nightmare, man. When you have like you're gonna be here for a couple of years just to get money, and it's not yeah. worth it because you start realizing the years go by. The money is not worth it. I'll be honest with you, people. If you can get out of retail as fast as you can, I'm not saying it's not an ends meet, but if you can get out of there and find the 
best retail place for you to work in then i would say do it but if they're giving you a hard time oh man just pluck up that courage find find it somewhere and find somewhere else because somewhere else is better because me and me and lucky Mitchell, we found somewhere else mate and it was i don't know how it is for you but it's a lot better when it comes to terms especially like with management or like mm. something to do with something something like that but it's it it's been a lot better Oh, of course. I mean, I'm not saying that any other store is perfect. Obviously, every other store has their own issues. Some some retailers, you know, they focus on other things that other stores don't do. So it's not like it's not a struggle on certain days and stuff. And how the workload is different. But yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You know, if you... You know, want to survive in retail, know your worth and work towards that. And kind of the best thing is to not let it affect you. Because once it becomes like part of your life and not just a job itself, that's when, yeah. Yeah. You're you're battling in your head about calling in sick and having, you know, fears that you know having days off is going to affect the store you know instead of worrying about yourself that's kind of when you need to pull out from wherever or whatever business you're working with because especially if it's not something that's going to be profitable for you in the future yeah don't don't do what we did 15 16 hours a day you know don't do it i, I wouldn't advise okay. i wouldn't to do it. i wouldn't advise anyone okay. to to put to put themselves through what we went through never again never again never no. again like i said unless it's something you truly love you know something like if you're an artist or you know if anything of those kind of sorts where time is a value if you feel like working on it for 15 hours you do so i mean at the end of the day that's what you're good at that's what you're great about but when it comes to retail having you know the weight of i know it sounds small but running a supermarket is it's taxing it's not it's, it's, it's taxing and it's not something that you should take lightly because if you're doing 15 hours a day you know in a retail store it's it's amazing how it can affect you yeah it's the truth well I, I, I know how long i wanted to talk about that that, that retail part and every time i keep mm. thinking myself like who am I going to talk to about it with? But there's so many people I could have on this podcast right now and they will have their experiences with retail and they'll be like, yeah, man, it was this, it was that. I might do that, I'm actually. I might start off with that, actually. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it depends. I mean, like I said, it all, everyone's different because everyone works in different aspects of the store. Yeah. So I suppose it'd be good to have a nice take on what everyone else thought about certain things. I mean, I don't feel as if a lot of them dealt with the stuff that we did. Because of the fact if I had like, can you imagine no. if I had people like, if I if I had him on there properly like JB Jigsaw mm. or yeah. or, or um, Harry or even mm. Impact or something say for instance, yeah. I had those type of people or even Adele Adele. Imagine if mm-hmm. I had him. What would he tell us? Sure. Like, like what would he tell us about the backstabbing and all that type of stuff? Like, mm. what would he have to tell us behind our backs? Like, yeah, like no, like come on, mate, like. I went away, I went up, what, how long did I go away for? We came back and he was this and he was that. And come on, bro, how mm. did that happen? Do you know what I mean? And like, if we, if me, if we, now, who would we notice? We wouldn't notice anybody. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, that's 
politics is always going to be involved regardless obviously i'm not saying that everything's corrupt but i mean you go into any kind of business there's always some form of you know corruption in some sense you know i mean i'm not going to just say it out loud you know say what it is there is always that certain level of favoritism when it comes to certain things and certain people yeah i know but at the end of the day though but like like me and you always said though and mm. I'm like, this is gonna be horrible. Sad. It's gonna be horrible. But did it work out in the end? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. The whole thing destroyed. It it, it exploded, mate. You know what I mean? Like, it, everything that we built up, it crumbled within like a matter of months. And I, I, I would love to only go in there now and hear people complaining about the same thing that we were talking about, like yeah. you know what I mean. So, but if anything, it is what it is, man. You know what it is? It's true. All right. It's true. So. Let me get into the first question. 32 minutes in, and I haven't even gotten to the first question yet. So this okay. answer is as plain as simple, bro. Um, these questions are the new questions for part of um, season two, um, season three, part two. These are tests. These are testers right now, as mm-hmm. I haven't been able to like formulate them properly and be able to ask them like I did in the first one. I had the the rhythm and everything that was going in the first one. I could ask these questions, Jeffy. But mm-hmm. as you are mixed, yeah. yeah. What does yeah. it mean to be a mixed person? What does it mean to be mixed and British? What does it mean to be, yeah. What does it mean to be mixed and British? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me, being mixed and British? Just, you know, it's literally that old fairy, like, that old fairy tale, you know? It's kind of having the best of both. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying I haven't had my trials and tribulations in my life. Um, yeah, I've had quite a lot of drastic changes, especially having a multicultural family. But it's one thing I can safely say is that it was nice to have the aspect of being, you know, of two different cultures. Well, growing up in a Caribbean home, it was really nice. And obviously the attitudes and the uh, kind of family connection is completely different to say my dad's side which is um british you know descendants from ireland but yeah it, <clears throat> their, their interactions with each other and their cultures are so different and it's just wonderful to have both to be able to speak to people and understand both sides of the culture barrier it's amazing, you know, going to a New Year's Eve party with my dad's side is all about being loud and, you know, that whole kind of family bond, holding each other, swigging beers around, and, you know, doing crazy stuff that, you know, you only do on New Year's. And then if you go to my Caribbean side, for example, it's more... Um, how can I say, more game-oriented, more like dominoes and, you know, the granddads, you know, get together and do these certain things and they, they muck around with grandma. And, you know, it's 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 wonderful to be able to live in both and see both growing up. And to be British as well, to be honest, is, is lucky. I'm genuinely lucky to be British, to be honest. I've been able to live life, yes, it has been hard. My mum had, you know, four kids and she was on her own. So, yeah, it was 
it was tough growing up, but yet at the same time, I had the opportunity to go to school and to, you know, advance on in life, to be able to get jobs and to, you know, to afford a life. So, yeah, being mixed in British is, is amazing, especially in the 90s as well, for me. Exactly, yeah, but that's the thing, though, the growing up... I don't, I don't. I don't think you know. You're. I don't think you. I don't think you knew you were British until football came on, or you. I think you went on holiday. You went somewhere else. I mm. believe it was. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how it works. When you're British and you hear yeah, you go somewhere in anti uh, into the Caribbean, yeah. For some reason, why? Even though that like, you go back to your roots, but you some reason why you crave sometimes like you can't wait to go home i don't know what it is about being sometimes i don't know what that is you know what it is like especially like, if you hear like a british song as well you're like fucking hell yeah mate like that's that, that's england do you know what i mean yeah of course i mean they always say that you go on holiday to miss your home so it's just natural anyway but it's that whole kind of safe feeling that you have being at home knowing that you can just walk out of your home and go somewhere you know and with the, with the kind of sense and safety that you'll be able to get there fine but when you're in another country you know, regardless like even going to Ireland for example it's when you walk down the streets that you know people normally walk down you feel you know like this isn't home you know you would like to do this I know it's, it's hard to describe but yeah I know what you mean going home is nice but you do miss your home and I think like I said being British and having such a huge kind of multicultural kind of city you know you have your east you have your south you know different cultures kind of accumulate in certain areas Mm, that's it's, true. Yeah. So, is there a stigma? Do you, is there a stigma around being mixed race? Do you believe there? Is, do you believe there is a stigma? About, I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say like a, a a stigma in being mixed race. It's. I find that when you're mixed race, you're the only thing you're kind of dictated by is what are you more of if that makes sense yeah I, you know, I'll be right. honest with you a lot of girls the same from what I know I've experienced a lot of girls when I was young they always had I think you are one of the very first I've seen and it sounds crazy the, the black mum and the white dad normally it was always the other way around and normally the girl was always like Oh, like she didn't like her dad. I've never seen you like you talk to both parents. Normally, I see the stigma I had around it was like, oh, it was always like mixed race girls. I never, you, I never really see a mixed race boy. And you know that old folk, that old folk tell, oh, you, you never see an old mixed race person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say that. I always say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's like the baby pigeon. It's like the baby pigeon. You never really see an old, mixed race person. Okay. So, so is there so is there so is there a stigma around it? Or there is there, like I said, there is to a certain extent, but the stigma is not because of you or or because of me being mixed race. It's what other people of different colours see you as. So, obviously, like you said, you know, mixed race people are seen as black. 
Until when, though? Until, yeah, until you reach a certain point. Like, for example, obviously people probably listening to me, they would assume that I'm more white than I am black. But why is that, though? Why do you think that? To be honest, it's just my mannerisms, I guess. The the way um, I speak, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, there are certain slang words, and um, I'm not frightened to swear and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's... You know, it's it's yeah. I just think it's the way I speak in my tone of voice that imitates something that people perceive. So, like for example, if you had never seen me before and I had spoken to you on the phone, so a lot of people wouldn't assume that I'm Nicholas. Okay, so that's that. So that's that thing that was going back to in like when I like, went in the in my in my first podcast. It's um, the well-spoken thing. Yeah, that. See, that's this, this is this is what I like now because that's why I did this. That's why the whole well-spoken thing kind of ties in with this. We we shouldn't be we shouldn't be put in a category. I'm not using the right words, but we shouldn't be put in a certain a, a certain place or a mannerism or or like because you can hear the way I speak. Mm-hmm. Color shouldn't really come into the whole type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you be to me. You speaking to me, you're speaking to me normal. It, 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 I think I don't think there has to be a type of like a type of lingo or a type of slang for me to know if you're white or you're black or you're whatever. Because there could be a white boy that's grown up. I, I, I can't stand the word. You know, I hate this word, urban. And yeah. he, he could talk like a certain way, and mm-hmm. he would sound exactly like some of our friends. Yeah. But then, is he? different from us because he sounds that way does the stigma attach to him because he sounds like he's from the street do you know what i mean it's yeah it, I, it, I mean unfortunately it does i mean that's kind of like the whole i wouldn't necessarily say stereotype but it's the whole kind of we judge people on how they carry themselves how they dress themselves how they speak in a certain way and like I said, unfortunately, you do judge a book by its cover. Regardless of how much they say you shouldn't, you do. When it comes to anything, dating, interviews, working with someone new, you the first thing you see is them. And you kind of make your judgment from that and that alone. And obviously, that's, that's small scale compared to when it comes to race and, you know, cultures. And like you said, about being urban and chav and, um, you know, all those different types of uh, inner cultures inside the communities of, um, of, you know, the city. And yeah, like I said, there's always that stigma. And especially when you're mixed race, you, you don't necessarily grow up idolizing one or the other. But you're usually drawn towards what you're around a lot more. So for me, for example, growing up as a baby until I was about 15, I was with my mum. You know, so I, you know, lived inside the kind of, you know, the Caribbean community, you know, the, you know, the African-American community, I should say, Afro-English. But, um... Then from 15 until, you know, later on into my 20s, I lived with my dad. So at that point was when I had the kind of most growth of going into a man and getting a job and, you know, surviving for myself. 
So mm. I kind of just drew a lot more from that. Mm. And to me, that is what's kind of, you know, made me who I am, why I speak this way, this way, that kind of stuff. So you could say yes, maybe because you were around, you know, your white side of the family a lot more in your older years. But that doesn't mean I still can't have a conversation with someone and understand the lingo from another culture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like I can still speak back the same way. But I just don't. And it's not being rude. It's just, you know. There's times where I speak to you and I don't sound like this at all. Mm. I find that I speak a lot better, obviously, because it's important for your podcast. I would like for people to um, understand what I'm trying to say and not be muddled by sometimes my own confusion. So, yeah. I, I definitely feel how you conversate with people also outside of you is different to, compared to when I have a conversation with you outside of this podcast, for example. Yeah, I think about especially that because I've been with you for so long and I know yeah. certain things about you. I think me, the way me and you speak has got us a long way, especially in our careers, for certain things. And I don't know if this happens to you as well, but before people see you and before what people like how they like re- like how you represent yourself people always put you on a pedestal like they can see you always going further i don't know if it's the way that we talk or it's the way that we how we present ourselves but i am um, my job now for is my my mind is always at me like oh he can see me doing this and he can see me doing that and i'm just, and I'm just looking at him but you don't know if i can actually do it do you know what I mean? Like, but it's 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 a posture about yourself. I can, and the same thing for you. Before I before I had even before you were even working with me in the new job, I was already pushing that narrative in the guy's head that I you need this guy, you need this guy, you need this guy. And now that you're there and you're doing so well, I think it is that I think it is the 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 ego boost. I think just because by the way that you talk and I can present you in a way. Mm. to them then when you come uh, when you come to that place you don't embarrass me but then should but then should how can I say I heard I saw something the other day it was like it was I know it sounds really bad it was it was the end word so it was talking the person said <coughs> the person said don't talk don't talk like a nigger because you won't be able to get that job mm. and I was like shit ain't that the truth so you have to switch your lingo <coughs> to get the job, and then when you get the job, do you go back or do you still go with the same lingo? Now, see the thing is, right? I I, I understand. Well, obviously, you know, coming out of that, you know, way of speech and stuff like that is. I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, what makes you know. I I understand. Sorry, let me restart. I understand where you're coming from. It doesn't matter how what I it doesn't matter how I speak. At the end of the day, I'm here to do the job. I get that. But these kind of slang and um, certain tones that obviously certain people have is not what the real world entails. If that makes sense. Yeah, but then when you yeah, but then London has a multi-ethnic language. Of so, course it does. So, so no, no, no. Yeah, no, but I say no, but I'm just saying to you though, but shouldn't we okay, shouldn't we incorporate that into businesses as well then? 
Yes, to a certain extent, you possibly could. But the problem is having, I wouldn't necessarily say a well-spoken voice. I'm not going to stand here and like, because I speak a certain way, I'm going to stand on a pedestal and say it. But what I would say is when you speak to, in a certain way, it's the average tone of every person. Yeah. It's a it's a neutral tone. So basically, when I discuss things with someone, I have the understanding that all the words that I say are perfectly clear and you know visible to that person to understand. So when it comes to working, obviously with a group of people or working in any type of uh, workspace or anything at all, you need to make sure that your team has a a standard voice or accent that everybody can understand because what the difficulty is is if you've got two people that you know are heavily toned in slang and speaking in a certain way obviously due to their culture and stuff it's going to be difficult for them to mesh with the team because they're struggling to understand certain things that come through do you know what i mean it's um, like I said, it's not to lose your, you know, your culture or your, you know, your way of speaking. But when you go into work, everyone needs to be at work the same. You can't have someone coming in, you know, speaking with an urban accent and using all these urban tones and, and slang and stuff like that. And the rest of the team are like, I, I literally don't know what he said to me. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I think, like I said, it's not necessarily don't look too far into it. I think it's more on a broader scale. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It makes it easier for everyone to get an understanding of each other. Mm. Mm. Because how, I mean, coming back to the retail quickly, how difficult was it, was it when you're um, someone or speak to someone and they can't understand you. I know, but I, know? it was very, very, but it was very hard for me. Not for me. If you, if me, if you didn't understand me, hmm. okay. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the other Martin? Yeah. Do you remember that time we were in the office that time, and he tried to tell me that he didn't understand what I was saying. Do you remember that time? Yeah. We were all in the office and you were like, hold on a second. You were doing the, the POS and stuff and you were like, I remember you said to him, you don't understand mine. And he was like, no. And I was like, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And I was like, what? And I thought, am I not talking properly? Because no, I no. knew when I spoke to them, I knew I had to speak a certain way. I think different colleagues like I said, it was different. It was different multi-language. It was different ethnic multi-languages I used, and on different people, I can get that. But when it was someone that directly didn't understand me or they didn't speak English, I can perfectly understand that. But I think it's. I find it very weird. With it's, I find it very weird that that that. Be honest with that 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 day that he said that he didn't understand me. I, I was baffled. I was like, what? Am I not speaking English to you, mate? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but like I said, you you have to understand from his perspective, you've it's like imagine him speaking, you know, his language to you. You wouldn't really understand it. You just mm-hmm. nod your head. So us speaking English is such a 
a natural thing that we just assume that the rest of the world understands us because English is, you know, a broad language that most countries speak. I think China still is the most spoken language in the world. Um, but the Spanish. I'm not sure. I think, no, I think it's just the amount of people in China. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Arabic and stuff like that is is not too far behind as well. Oh yeah, but, the death, yeah, yeah the all that kind of stuff. So, but it's just that's the thing. When you go for an interview, for example, the people that you're presenting yourself to have a certain tone, and you want to obviously speak to them in that certain way so they understand you and get a, an understanding of what you're bringing to the table, so to speak. Obviously, that's what an interview is for. But then, obviously, when you go into the job, the people that you work with aren't on the same level or on the same kind of mindset as the people that you try to advertise yourself to. So, you know, you adapt to the culture that you work with. So, like you said, you speak to the, the Asian community differently. Not in a bad way, but the way they think and the way they work is different compared to, say, you know, the the African way of working. You know, their, their communication, because regardless of, you know, wherever you work, I don't care what anyone says, there are groups of people that always kind of stick together. And being a manager, you have to make sure that you have an understanding of everybody's culture. And then you, in, you know, when you conversate with certain people, you mix in certain words that they use from their culture and certain words that they use from their culture, you know? Like, I know it sounds silly, but learning some of the swear words in, in, in uh, Asian uh, languages and stuff like that, like Bangladeshi and, and, um, and Indian and, and, you know, and Hindu and stuff. Where was, where was, it's, where it's was funny. Karim from again? Where was Karim from? He was from... Karim was, um, he's Algeria. from um, Algeria, yeah. Yeah, so many different swear words. You know what I mean? Like I said, and that's fun because then obviously when they do use those words, you kind of have an understanding that, you know, he's, he's insulting someone. You know, you can be part of that team and I think that's what's important. That was obviously, important. yeah. So, like I said, having that, you know, that certain tone when the interview is there is important because obviously the people that you're advertising to is of a certain tone. But then, obviously, when you get into the job, it's what it's your culture that sometimes you know makes or breaks you. You know, it's, I'm like I said, me lucky enough being that race, I have that that communication with you know the 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 certain group of white people that work together and then obviously you know i have the communication between the certain you know you know caribbean and african people that work together you know i, I don't want to yeah, we did yeah we did we did have a big connection with them when we were at work hmm. it, it, it was quite weird you know how yeah the the the, the we had to like more affiliate ourselves with talking to them because the other the language barrier and the communication and the cultural barrier mm. they couldn't it seemed like the Caribbeans were more like we um, we found ourselves more grounded we could understand the cultures more so if mm. there was a, a throw between the two of them we could easily come in and diffuse the situation where they couldn't diffuse it themselves and it would yeah. I found it very weird how we could always do that I don't know if it was us as a if it was us as a person 
but we were always even if I wasn't there and you were there you would always tell me oh this person had this bargain then I'll have to come in the next day and, and still deal with it but it was by, by the third day it was always gone they were always made up even if we didn't have the, the, the chance to even talk to them they were they had always made up because one argument was one argument and you know the next day but yeah you're right though you are very right yeah you well, are right I, I, so yeah, yeah. so my next question is to you mm. do white people experience racism yes I mean in which way do you think because you're coming <clears> here because <throat> you, you would have seen it regardless of like little subtle things what subtle yeah what, what, subtle, what? yeah go on. <laughs> I don't necessarily mean like the thing is when it comes to racism a lot of people assume saying certain things and certain words mm. is is what's seen quite a lot as racism you know having that certain tone against someone and certain opinions and stuff but you know it's it's just the fact that it doesn't matter where you're from and obviously what history has done to certain cultures and stuff like that it doesn't deem you from not being racist to other people I mean I'm, I know obviously the question was about white people in general but it's just I was going to ask you because I was going to say to you generally because I was going to ask you as well because I'm going to ask the reason I ask it to you is because I know you're mixed so if I yeah. ask like a Bangladesh person or a Pakistan I will ask them their like their like their narrative like do Pakistanis experience racism? I would ask you, but the reason why I didn't go on your black side because I wanted to hear because you grew up with your dad. So yeah. even if you grew up with your dad, sometimes your dad will protect you from racism even if you didn't know it. Do you know? What oh, I mean? of course. I mean, of course. I mean, especially um, obviously being a mixed race kid in the early eighties and nineties and stuff. Obviously, racism wasn't you know racism was coming in was kind of ending in the 80s and stuff like that you know community communities and stuff were becoming you know what they are like brixton became brixton and you know stuff like that so <clears throat> it was a bit more welcoming but like for me personally um racism for me wasn't necessarily like face value it was more of the kind of say i was obviously from uh, a white family and a black family. So being one of the only mixed race children in the whole kind of family, it kind of, I don't know whether or not it was just me personally, because obviously, you know, sometimes you overthink things, but you felt as if like you weren't as involved as the rest of the family when it came to certain things. Like, how can I say, my cousins um, from my dad's side and stuff like that are a lot closer growing up together than I was due to the fact that I didn't live in the area. I had two separate homes, obviously, my mom and my mom and my dad. So they grew up together, seeing each other every day, you know, and everything like that, where I was seeing them, you know, two days you know, a month or something along those lines. And then it was the same for the other side. I didn't get to see them as much as my 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 brothers, my cousins, stuff like that. Because, you know, I have, you know, eight brothers and sisters. What, so, so, what, so summertimes you're mostly with your dad? Yeah, summertime I was with my dad. And that was the most time... Yeah, so when your brothers and your sisters went down to your cousin's house, 
yeah you yeah. with your dad yeah in basically your your dad's side of yeah. the family and then when your brothers exactly. and sisters come back from your mum's side you would mm-hmm. then come back and you would miss out on all basically getting getting to know your other cousins basically yeah because at the end of the day yeah like i said my my dad you know took care of me as well you know what i mean he didn't just kind of walk away from me and everything like that you know i was lucky enough to have my dad you know ensure that he was there as i grew up so yeah there was but there was always that i never kind of not necessarily fit in and yeah, it, it's just not necessarily back to the question. Sorry to kind of side off. No, 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 Remember, there's no limit on this no more. Remember, Spotify bought, I think Spotify partnered with, uh, mm. with Anchor now, so mm-hmm. you can go along with an hour It doesn't matter how long it goes now. Oh, yeah, no, but yeah, like I said, but there is obviously, it's, like you said, if you're going towards white people, yes, there is. There is racism towards white people at the end of the day. It's not as vocal. And it's not necessarily as strong when it comes to, how can I say, speaking about it just in general and in the media and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, there is the stigma of, you know, white people oppressing a lot of countries, a lot of cultures. So it's it's very difficult to, you know, word it and kind of discuss it without having a certain type of, you know, feeling that you know the person yeah. thinks that you're trying yeah. to have an agenda yeah. or something but, mm. yeah there is voice racism against any culture white people asian cultures it doesn't matter there's always a certain person that you work with or a certain person you know in your family that just doesn't like that certain culture and that's just racism it doesn't matter if you don't say or say no words to be racist it doesn't matter but yeah, but yeah there is it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter does it it doesn't matter but okay um this is going to sound weird but this is what i'm just testing out so i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. why i wrote it down but i always say this one when black people see other black people yes why is there all why, why is there sometimes always hostility hostility in, in what way i don't so basically Normally, Sorry to ask a question, question, but yeah, no, what no, do you no. mean? As I've got older now, yeah, I've realised someone staring at me sometimes doesn't always mean that the person's trying to stare me out. It's normally mm. sometimes you can always break it down with a head nod, mm. even if that person doesn't know you. But when you were younger, yeah some reason why you always thought it was hostility. You always, anywhere you go... You, if you were, sounds nuts. If Mm. you are somewhere sometimes, and there's a group of black people, and you're the only black, you're the black person that's there, and you go into a party, there's always this like, oh, who's that guy? But then, if it was, if you went to like a party that was that didn't have black people in it, and then you saw that one black person, the one that one black person, that one black person there, there wouldn't Mm. be no hostility. You get that relief of, oh my god, there's another black person here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's weird. See, the thing is, I don't know how to answer it without maybe overthinking it slightly, like I usually do. But um, it's, it's, in my opinion, I think it's just the kind of culture and like way of life that, you know, the kind of 
wouldn't necessarily say just the black community but I just think it's just the culture that you grew up in you know always having you know you always hear those stories of, you know how difficult it is to live on estates and stuff like that and obviously how can I say especially in the black community they're, they're very family orientated even if you're not family do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if you're not family we're family like especially like for me for example um, when I get on the train at Battersea Park sometimes you yeah, obviously they've got Black History Month so they've got loads and loads of images of like all the uh, you know the people of you know black culture who work at the stations and stuff mm. Hello? Oh, don't tell me you got off, mate. No, 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 no. On my back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot about the phone. But um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily, it's just a culture thing. And being, you're sizing up someone, I find that you find that a lot more because you're kind of, like I said, you're judging someone before you meet them. Yeah, but is it a and younger that, generation thing or is it an older generation thing? Could you it's a younger thought- generation thing because yeah. it's, necessarily more of a young generation thing is because you're going into you know the world of unknown you're going to meet a lot of people that you're going to have to kind of size up at this point when you're in the older generation it's more what's what can i say it's more kind of yeah whatever you know it's more laid back it is because you've already passed that stage where you're you know you've got your community now with you you've got your family you know who your friends and who your, you know, the people you can trust are. So then you've already gone past that. But when it when it goes back to when you were saying about going into two different types of uh, different parties, it, it works both ways. Because like you said, when you said, oh, there's, there's another black guy here. That's because you know if there isn't, you're not going to be your genuine self. You know you have to put this, this not kind of, you know, persona on but you have to put this thing on because you know the culture is different like you said when you walk down the street you you know usually with the black community and the culture stuff you usually just do a little head nod you know a little head nod you know you know what's up bruv you know what I mean or something you know along those lines or you you spud or something like that but when it goes into the white community for example yeah you do the head nod but usually like you know you lift your hand you wave you know, you, you speak to them in a, in a different way. Yeah, you're right. Multi-ethnic London language. It, and it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Multi-ethnic language, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I definitely think that, you know, when it comes to, you know, that kind of standoffish, I think it's just necessarily of the community. Growing up with the mentality of, you know, having to provide for my family and, you know, being from a, a struggling culture at that point. I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about, you know, the younger generation now. I have no idea. But growing up, in, you know, we had that, you know, blacks had finally become, you know, accepted in this community. You know, areas like the South was beginning to build up and boom. You know, Ballum and, and Clapham Common and Clapham Junction and stuff like that. So, you know, you kind of had to size up when you're young. It's the truth. It's the, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's. You do. I think it's hard. Like I think you know what it is. I think like it, it, it is the younger generation. I believe mm. that 
now that I've got older, mm. um, most people, I think that there's a sense of shock. But then once you do the head nod, mm. I think it's very, I think it breaks down. I've never been scared of my own people until I was around older people. And I think they made me realize there's no reason for me to be scared of anybody like i've always my, my brother used to say to me oh you got too much of an s on your chest and i'm like nah i just can't be scared of my own people i've been through too much to understand and i think as well when you go to the caribbean and you see the way how i understood why old people would always you could never go into an old caribbean person's house and never say hello to them you couldn't do it or you would no. get your head off i can understand it and i think no. the same thing remains to people out in the street. If we, if Caribbean, did, if Caribbean people did the same thing like they did in England and we all said hello to everybody, I don't think there will be no hostility because when we go to the Caribbean people, when we go to the, um, when we go to the Caribbean, we do it. I think the reason why we stopped it over, over here because the culture was, I know um, London is a war culture. I remember they had the whole thing about the spies and don't mm. talk to strangers and that stuff. So all that yeah. stuff had to be kind of broken down and be like, you can't really talk to your neighbour because you, you don't know who your neighbour could be. So I think we've, in, 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 is it called indoctrinated? I think we've, we've, we've London people, there's so many of us around, but yeah. if you went to your area, you would nod yeah. at everybody. But then once you come out of that area, you, you're just like, oh shit, like, I don't know anybody. So my, my language that I keep to myself, I'm going to mm. keep it to myself. I'm not going to say hello to everybody. But then if someone has looked at me in the face for too long, I do nod at them and then they nod back. And it's just, yeah. it just diffused. Yeah. No, because that's the thing. That's, that's also another thing as well when it comes to, you know, like you said about nodding to other people, even if you don't know them. That's the, that nod is not necessarily to say hello. It's, it's like, for example, if you're walking past a group of, of, of you know, like you said, black guys or black you know teenagers or whatever and obviously you have that hesitation of oh geez i don't need this today you know what i mean everybody does right mm -hmm. but if you look at them and they look at you and you even get that slight nod or that slight acknowledgement and then they look at you and look away like you know for a fact that like that means don't worry about your safety just keep walking don't worry yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, then, but this is the problem, though, and I, and I, you know, I say this all the time. Mm. Who is still... I, I I hear about it, and I do... You see it on TV, because I, I... Don't get me wrong, I don't, but the news is generated to make us um, um, have fear. I've always known that. It's, it's always have fear. They show us what they want to show us. They don't show us every news. They show us, they show, they show us what brings them money. And... I I can't remember the last group of boys mm. that I have seen that I have been intimidated by that I can't walk past that they're not just I can generalize them and look at them and their pitch of sound what they're talking about or whatever they're doing has yeah. not caused me to go up to them and say to them, look mate you're making a noise or whatever you just walk mm. past them and you nudge them because most of the boys around your area they're talking about the same shit that we used to talk about when we were young street fire yeah girls whatever of course but then some people find them it's 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 a oh i, I can tie this in it's a it, it's a it's a generational trauma for 
one person to go into it for them to teach their other children oh don't go around a group of black boys or don't go around a group of white people uh, white boys because either they're going to be racist to you or the white boys are going to be racist to you the black boys are gonna or the black boys are gonna beat you up and stab you do you know what i mean so it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's madness but it's it's i think this is basically what we're taught and what we see yeah well it's it's definitely generally what we were taught but um I'm going to go back to being old again, but I think that it's more along the lines of just technology wasn't there. To be mm. honest. I think why the community and, and like you said, why things have changed so much more like news and, you know, because at the end of the day, I know it sounds horrible, but misery brings money. I mean, it's unfortunate, but misery brings money and that's yeah, what's it important. Brings fear, it brings fear for the, uh, for the for the alarm companies for like the ring doorbell i don't know if you realize like the ring doorbell's got a really big boom <clears throat> oh yeah of course i mean at the end of the day that's obviously that's looking into the you know what benefits from it i can i can totally understand but at the end of the day winning and achieving something is great but people don't want to see people winning and achieving something every day because then it isn't special anymore the thing is when it comes to like you know upsetting things and sad things is because it hits those receptors in you that make you care more make you want to know more because when a guy goes oh this guy won 2.7 million pounds you just go okay yeah well well done congratulations you don't worry about who he is what he's done to get it how hard he had to work or whatever it doesn't matter but if you hear, oh, you know, this 19-year-old boy got stabbed on the thingy and so forth and so on, that's a conversation starter with someone at work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I know it sounds bad, but that's what sometimes brings conversation. It's, it's unfortunate. Like I said, misery sells. So do we, misery. So, do, so do you think, so do you think people, so do you think more, do you think more, more people, like or more, or more cultural more culture people need to have conversations on certain levels for other people to understand each other's culture. Because I don't yeah. think we would have certain people think in a certain way if we had <laughs> conversations. Well, see, the problem is history is a really, history is a powerful thing. And we are a country that is built on history, especially the UK and, and England in general and stuff. We, we are a history nation. You go around London, there are things that you can say are history for this country. And, our, you know, unfortunately, you know, our queen died recently. Well, I won't say recently, but, you know, a few months ago. But, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, that sums up England, history. Do you know what I mean? We kind of thrive on it. And it's just... The, I don't know, it's just the way things are when it comes to what we are. Just history. Yeah, it's, 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 you know what it is, bro? I, I'll be honest with you, like, I, I, I spoke about um, generational trauma and normalising trauma. Our, 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 our history has generalizational trauma in it and normalising trauma in it. And it's it's very it's very hard to see the history and believe in it and believe in everything that they 
everything that they tell you that they want because remember the vic um the people that won always get to tell their own history so even if it's like it's muddled up i just i just feel to myself sometimes that if people spoke to each other more and learned more about people's history i think they would understand that a lot of it is muddled up and us speaking to other people like of other different backgrounds i think the, the i think the truth starts coming through i think that's why england's history sometimes is a bit muddled when it comes to like other places you have to basically you have it's to go out there and learn history I for yourself basically you yeah, know what you i mean would. sorry you, you would well, i wouldn't say it's necessarily muddled i would say it's more along the lines of that it's stuck in a stigma that obviously is is part of you know the generation of culture now which is race um obviously we have you know over the last 100 years or so you know we have really begin to you know boom as a multicultural country and you know we're one of the you know the, the countries out there that are a staple of multicultural and obviously the history of england and stuff like that where kind of the culture has come from has come from bad times yeah so there regardless of like when you said you know sitting down and speaking about other people's cultures and stuff when you get to a certain point the history's collide and unfortunately where the history collides one side is lopsided which is obviously you know slavery whites enslaved the blacks so automatically you can go through say backwards of the, of the years like the 80s the 90s uh, sorry the 70s the 60s and obviously as it goes further and further back the two communities go further and further away and a lot of people of this generation focus on that point because that is actually when you know blacks and whites began to communicate and become you know not necessarily communicate but you know cohabitate with each other so whenever you have a discussion about when it comes to like race and racism and all that kind of stuff it always starts there so there's always that tension straight off the bat yeah i think it's i think it's, i think i think yeah I don't know. Oh, it's 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 hard, man. Because it's no, it's it's like basically trying to speak to someone of a different culture, like speaking to a white person about their history and your history, and you know, not having that kind of that white person not having to feel like my part of my history doesn't affect who I am. Yeah, I know, but they must feel a bit. They must feel a bit sometimes like, oh, I wish. It oh wasn't. no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They do. Sometimes, yeah. They do, but at the end of the day, they know they've got no choice but to accept it. It doesn't yeah. matter what what that person says. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you are born with that stipulation because that is when, when, the, like I said, when the cultures met each other, it met each other. Let me, okay, let me ask you this question then. It's yeah. it's reversed the same way. But do do you believe that ego spoils culture? Uh, spoils cult, cult, um, cultures then? Ego. Yeah. Does what, ego? Like, well, like the way you carry okay. yourself. Yeah. Do you think ego? Okay. So you know, like I would say, like the black culture. You know, black culture is very influential. Mm. Some and stuff like that. Mm. Do you think sometimes that it, it? Do you think sometimes that it ruins cultures? So. Uh, 
let's say Kanye West for, for instance Kanye West recently had a big um, a big bust up on drink chaps and he was talking about um, a certain a certain religion he wasn't talking mm. about it's really weird mm. how he wasn't talking about a race of people he was talking about a yeah, religion and he didn't explain himself very well and he's basically been cancelled for it um, mm-hmm. I found that him speaking represented how can I put this down yeah him speaking represented all of us for some reason mm-hmm. and I, I, don't kind of, understand I knew that was that. what you were going to say I knew yeah that. I don't and that, I, sometimes I don't understand that and then like people like Kyrie Irving he then um, posted something on uh, on Twitter about yeah. uh, a remark a, a, a show a documentary that he watched and then it had that guy uh, that guy that blamed tried to say how that the school shooting was a hoax and he got um, uh, what's it called he got fined like millions of pounds or whatever and yeah. I find sometimes that if Kanye talks, I kind of think sometimes that everybody in that one culture, it's like, it's like Piers Morgan, for instance. If Piers yeah. Morgan talks, he ruins the white culture for like a week. If Kanye talks, he ruins the black culture for a week. And it's like, why do we have like these people, like we don't even listen to them most of, most of the time. Like Andrew Tate, for instance. It's like, yeah. Is ego sometimes mm-hmm. ruined in different people's culture sometimes? Like, yeah. Now, now for me to answer that, no. At the end of the day, yes, obviously ego is is what gets you somewhere in life. At the end of the day, if you don't have one, you, you'll never do anything. Obviously, you pride yourself in what you do and how you carry yourself and so forth and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that what happens, especially when it comes to, like, obviously the people that you're discussing, like famous people, they become like pillars in communities and obviously the way Kanye carried himself at the beginning obviously you know with you know his, his music and stuff like that he grew himself up to be a pillar you know like you know you've got your pillars especially in that kind of that community you know um, of like the, uh, the R&B and rap and all that kind of stuff you know you have your pillars yeah. And then what happens is is that, especially obviously in the black community, culture for us is a huge thing. Especially when it's like, you know, certain, I wouldn't necessarily say stereotypes, but obviously that type of music, that type of, you know, image and that type of look that, you know, is quite strong and a lot of people follow in that community. So when something crazy like that happens, the, the rest of the other like races and cultures and stuff, they see Kanye West as someone who's very high in the black community. That's yeah, crazy, isn't it? So then when they see it, and like, you, like we said before, like other cultures only really pay attention to those type of things when something bad is happening. Yeah. So you find that, I know it sounds silly and a bit stereotyping, but a, a lot of white people get involved in like tax and um, like high level affairs and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that gets done in the media for white people in general. You know, and then there's those strange like, you know, no offense, but you know, kidnappings and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that, that usually happens in the white community, please don't 
please don't hate no, me. No, for no, this. no, 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 no. There's, there's, but, there's, there's, it, there's, there's holes and stuff. It's murder and um, child molestation and all that stuff. Like that. It's more. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm not it's saying more, it doesn't happen in both cultures. cultures. Yeah, it's yeah. happening both, but it's more. It's more. It's more potent yeah. in, in in a more in a more. It's like yeah, like we yeah. have more gun violence. And yeah, gun violence, gang violence. You know, gang violence. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have quite a few crazy people. Yeah, we do. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm saying it from obviously my side. I'm not saying what he he doesn't have a right to say what he wants to say, but some mm. of the things he does say do seem a bit, you know. You know, he needs to calm down a bit. You know, he needs to just you know, relax. You know what it is to me? Yeah, you know what it is to me. I I don't like when people try to go around the problem. So he knows who he, he knows who he wants to name, but he yeah. he groups he groups he groups every Jew together. That's what I didn't like. Like because, because if that was done to us, mm. if that was done to black people, we would have lost our mind. Oh no, he can't say that. Yeah, no, it's no. like it's the truth. Say the same way how you want to be treated. Treat yeah. other people. It's 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 this it's it's that same way. So say what you mean. Do mm. and it's, it's funny. Do what Ice Cube did. Ice Cube didn't blame every Jew. He he blamed mm-hmm. Jerry Heller. He knew who yeah. he was talking about, so he yeah. mentioned that person's name. If you can't mention that person's name, don't group everybody together. So I would like to tell everybody: we're not all in with Kanye. We understand what Kanye is saying, but the way he the way he embellished himself and the way he should have said it, you need to understand he should have spoke better. I, and I, sometimes I believe that Kanye West needs mm. someone with him to make them understand his point. And I don't understand why he hasn't had a proper interview yet with somebody mm. properly to sit down with him and tell him, mate, these type, except for Sway. Sway seems to be the only one that can mm. tell him like, Sway, like, Kanye, do it, like, do it, like, do it for yourself. Like, you don't have the answers, Sway. And then he realized that Sway did have the answers. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's yeah, like I he mean, needs someone to sit down with him, to talk to him properly. I do, and like you said, that goes back to ego. I just generally think that you know he's he's not necessarily saying that you know he's he thinks he can say what he wants because he's big enough to say what he wants. But for but what you were saying a little bit earlier about you know obviously him making a a label for the whole kind of community, well you know the whole black community and stuff like that. I think people who think along those lines are a little bit racist anyway. What? Because if, what if you think of like of you know if you think Kanye speaks for the black community, you know. Okay, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, you do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. they have that slight racism anyway. For you to think, oh, that's what all black people speak like. Oh, that's what all black people sound like anyway. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. 100%. But it's like you know, it's 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 you look at it from the opposite scale. If you see like you know, ah. Uh, you don't see like you said a, a child molester or something, and you don't go, ah, oh, yeah, all white people are the same. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I mean, I'm not saying that the crimes are the same. I'm not. Uh, the crime isn't what's important in in obviously what I just said. It's just the fact that you don't stereotype someone just on the assumption of one person, like Harvey Weinstein, for example. I mean, well, shit, I'm dropping names now. I hope you don't get in trouble. But no, no, you know no, what he done. These what he done. Yeah, what he done. You don't assume all white people. Yeah. Do you know it's what I mean? True. It's like, yeah, it, it's you have to be slightly racist towards whatever culture you think that way, because all cultures do some crazy stuff. Even people who you think are good people, some people see as crazy. Right? So, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's usually you know racist people to a certain extent. I'm not saying that you know. I mean, 
let's all just stand here and, here and be honest with each other. We've all been a bit racist in some shape or shape. Jesus Christ, sorry, but I'm not. I'm hoping I'm not putting anyone else and everybody in trouble. But yeah, no, I'm saying that I think everybody has had a thought of racism at some point in their life. Yeah. Whether or not they mean it or, you know, whether or not they say it in a joking manner to someone, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this yeah. Is, it, it comes to me with racism. I, I, I kind of put it on a pedestal. I kind of, I'm kind of, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of afraid, I'm, I'm afraid of it where... I'm, af- I'm afraid of it to the point where I know, I know where it is, but I kind of don't, I kind of put myself in, I, I kind of don't put myself in those predicaments because to me if you go looking for it you're going to find it but most of the people that I work with most of the people that I do stuff with I can generally say they they are not but if something was to happen in a sense where I am with them and I don't know something went missing or something like that I would automatically think sometimes oh that person's going to think I did it because of the color of my skin, and that's just, it's just, that's just in the back of my mind. Because I think that's happened no. to me before when I've been at work, when I've been a, 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 around a group of people, and I was the only black guy. That something went. The, the guy took the the guy that took it in front of me was white, and the other person was white, and he took it, mm. and he looked at the white guy looked at me and said, "Give it back to me." And I was like, "I don't have it." And he was like, oh, yeah. you do fucking have it. I know you stole it. And I was like, "What?" And then the other guy gave it back to him, and he even looked shocked as well. He's like, "What do you mean you knew he had it?" And he was like, oh, no, 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 I didn't. And the guy was like, what? And like, I realised that. I was like, oh, shit. Like, he actually thought I had it because of all the narratives he had in his head. He just thought I stole it from him. And I was like, fuck of me. Of course. You know? And like I said, that, and, and yeah, and like I said, that's just something that's kind of, I wouldn't necessarily been brought up in you. But it's, it's, it's something you've grew up with, that stigma that, you know, like I said, you know, results to a certain part of, in the previous generation where you know there was a clash between cultures because like i said to you before we started off separated and then obviously we met in slavery and then during that time you know there has been you know ups and downs and clashes all the way through yeah and those certain clashes that that happen becomes part of your history yeah. It becomes part of your history. It, it's the stories that a person from the 30s will tell a person from the 40s. And then something would happen and so forth and so on. Like my mum's mum might have seen or saw or watched something that affected the black and white history and passed it on to my mum. And then what my mum saw and passed it on to me. If she's from Jamaica, she would have because her her mum, uh, your mum's mum, your mum's mum would have been a slave. So your yeah. mum, yeah, so your your great grandmother would have seen something of slavery in her lifetime. Like she would have seen it. Possibly, yeah. I mean at the yeah. end of the day, I, I don't yeah. I don't know, but yeah, but that that's it. It's just like it's just that the little bumps and stuff become part of history. And like I said, I know I know it sounds cliche, but like I said, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in other cultures. They their cultures do it in different ways, but I find that with the black community their history they hold on to like the history is you know, like I said it's something of greatness to us 
we've come from such a hard beginning obviously outside of you know the original countries that you know we came from and they've made themselves into what they are now so every step of the way is so important to your community and unfortunately a lot of it you know comes from the clashes between racism and struggling and stuff like that becoming like you said the whole kind of like you know all oh, black kids are thieves and, and all that kind of stuff it's yeah it it's yeah it's it's just part of the stigma of you know growing up in a certain community because even when i was young my mum always said to me yes you're mixed race but please know that people will always see you as black yeah I'm not saying as uh, I'm not to, to be rude or anything my mum is because it is it was protect it, it yeah. was to it, it was to make you understand that when yeah. you went outside if something mm-hmm. happened to you that was dodgy yeah. and you didn't understand it your mum gave you that extra blanket for you yeah. to understand yeah. that the reason why this person is acting towards mm-hmm. you if you go into a shop and you said you and they act a certain way to you yeah. you may think that you're mixed race but your mum has told you me yeah, you're seen, seen you're seen as a black person yeah you need to yeah, yeah you need to understand that <laughs> so yeah like you said I would, I would might have that same issue that you would have mm. but I wouldn't see it that way because obviously you like you said you had that that mentality in your head because obviously you know it comes with you know the color of your skin you know being the thief and all that kind of stuff but for me I don't see it that way but then when the guys would come up to me and say oh give it to me back straight away my reaction would be is I what because you think I'm lying yeah do you know what no, I mean so, time, I didn't even I'll be honest with you though that, that, let, me, let me I'll be telling you this right now bro the way I the way how I grew up I did not see race until I went to secondary school I didn't know how bad it was because I grew up in an environment yeah. that didn't I know it's I grew up in a community that didn't have racism. And even if my mum and dad, even if my mum was going through it and I didn't see it, mm-hmm. me as a child, I didn't experience it. Mm-hmm. Us as kids, we knocked on anybody's door. Mm-hmm. And if the kids can come out and play, they yeah. played. If they didn't, they didn't. I didn't expect you. I didn't, I, didn't experience, <laughs> I didn't experience racism until black people started to be racist towards me and they showed me what racism was about and I didn't understand and I remember this this girl she always used to call me a bounty a bounty a bounty and I, I yeah, said to her what is a bounty and she said to me oh it's a oh it's a it's black, black on the outside, outside black, 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 white in the middle and I said to her why are you calling me a bounty though she's like oh because you don't sound like us and I'm yeah. like us and then it was like they used to do things to me like um, like tell me who like Oh, do you, oh, like you don't know who Tupac is and all this type of stuff and where, where, where. But then it's only when I got it's only when I realized when I got older, I was yeah. growing up on Calypso. So what's more blacker than that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like what's more blacker than Calypso? So it's like me not going, and then I realized it. Kiora. It, 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 I think it pushed me into like a sense of like not understanding who I was, and I was like really resentful to my mom to be like. Why didn't you show me about these people? But my mum but, but used to say to me, but you're Caribbean, you're not American. Why am I teaching you about this music when this is the music that you've listened to all your life? And then now, 
look at it, I'll be honest with you, look how popular the Caribbean is now. Look at it now. Like it's like it's like it's a thing to know all the old Caribbean songs. So I think sometimes me growing up where I did, it's a curse and a blessing. For me, becoming like 13, 14, I kind of understood that there were certain things that my mum didn't teach me. But in my childhood, I'll be honest with you, was my fit was my best time because we didn't see colour. We just played with the kids no. and it was like it was fun. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just weird, man. It was just it's what, for me, it not necessarily that I saw colour, is I knew from a young age. I mean, it was obvious. But especially being me, obviously. I'm not the same colour as my brother. I'm not the same colour as my sister. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's just common sense that you just acknowledge, you know, being mixed race. So it's not that I didn't know about it, but growing up with both, I didn't see and I've always said it to you before, I don't see why there has to be animosity. I mean, I understand that obviously you can't change history. You can't change history, but I grew up on both sides of the fence, luckily enough. And I love both sides of my family, just as much as the other. See, I have I, memories. I, I, I think, I, I, be honest with you, I think it's where, I think, I, be honest with you, I think it's where you're raised because if I had gone to the school that I want, I really wanted to go to as a kid, I don't think I would have experienced racism as much as I did because I went to the school that I went to. I don't want to blame it on the school. No, I see it. the thing is, I nah, don't. I'll be honest with you, bro. No, no, no. Where, no I, I, I think you should word it slightly differently. I, be, I truly believe, and I know it sounds like <laughs> this might sound wrong. I, I definitely think it's. <clears throat> How can I say? The school that you went to, you became part of it. So, for example, not being funny or nothing, but you became part of the racism. Do you okay, get what yeah. I mean? Mm. But if you went to the school that you really, really wanted to go to, mm. you would have been the racism. You what understand you what I mean? So, basically... Obviously, if whatever, depending on what type of school is, you would have. I, I, I would assume that it was more of a higher level school, like you know, oh, yeah, it was a higher yeah. level school. So, yeah. exactly. So, then the community would have seen you, like you said, as a bounty. So, you would have been the racism, yeah. But then, but yeah, but because you went to the other yeah. school, yeah. you became part of it. So, you looked at those people as, oh, yeah, you're a bounty. Do you get what I mean? No, no, no. People no. People saw me as that. People saw me as the Maori. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, but then the thing about it, though, is though, I would have then gone through life with my... Okay, so I would have then gone through life in the... In, I would have gone through life in the other school with my friends. Hmm. There would have been no different similarities of my life if I had gone to school with them. Yes. Me not going to school with them showed me everything I needed to know about history. I, it was like, it was forced upon me. And then I was more confused because I didn't know about it. And then it made me kind of like push back a little bit because then I, I could, I was, I, I was then seeing people and like, like we said, the, genera the, the generational trauma started to kick in. And then I started yeah. to realize, hang on a second, you can't be my friend because of this, 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 and this. Don't get me wrong, I, don't, I think it's normal for you to learn history, but because yeah. it was it was thrown on me through kids, 
it wasn't yeah. taught to me through a textbook it was thrown into me through kids it was it was shown to me i had to learn what a bounty was from me hearing it for like five days and then asking someone what it was and then it, and then remember and then it goes through my head so then when i'm going back to my parent and i'm saying to yeah. them old oh, people are calling me this and they're calling yeah. the same this to me you kind of like my my parent is educated on it but there was i don't know the response that i got back at the time i don't know what it was because it was when i was younger like 13. Mm. i don't know if it's caused me problems now when the way i see the one if it was presented to me where she she she, she spoke to but she spoke about it to me properly mm. i think my my experience would have been a lot different of when i was growing up because once mm. i got called those type of things from people I yeah. didn't know even who to trust. I couldn't be friends with a white person because I think to myself, okay, I'm being um, I'm being this way. And then I couldn't be friends with the black person because I couldn't associate myself with them because we weren't in the same culture at the time. Because yeah. like I said to you, I was grown up Caribbean. They were yeah. grown up, I would say English American. They weren't like mm-hmm. me. So it's, 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 it's very hard. And then even now, I'll be honest with you, if I go to like my wife's my wife's parties and stuff like that, when they're mm. playing Caribbean music, I know all the me- I know all the songs. But then, mm. the same people that would have called me about it, if they were there now, in at the same party, they will be singing yeah. the same songs too. So it means that who's the bounty then? No one. I mean, you like I said, the, the, mm. yeah, and like I said, that's what I meant. Like, because because of like obviously where you went. You become, you became part of it. Mm. You became part of the racism. So it was, it was norm to you. But if you went to the other place, for example, you would have been the one where racism would have been put towards you because of your segregation, because of your, like you said, who do you trust? Those certain levels, you know what I mean? It's like, even when I was growing up in school, you noticed it a lot, especially being mixed race. Like, the whites hanged with the whites, the blacks hanged with the blacks, and then you had your little mixed groups. Yeah, you had true. your you had your mixed groups. Like yeah. I'm not necessarily saying mixes in color and stuff like that, but like, for example, like I had the the in school, I had a weird group of friends. I had one English fella, I had one Dutch fella, one Turkish fella. Do you know what I mean? Then there was me, and it was like. So it was not necessarily not white, but they were all different cultures. Mm. You know what I mean? So we all had different histories. Yeah, but then even yeah, but then even in school, I still hanged. I funny enough, I still hang around with people that had an accent. I still hang around. I still hang around with um, a boy that was from Trinidad. He had a really strong accent, and yeah. I hang around with a boy that was Jamaican, and I had a re- and he had a really strong accent, and I was still follow. I still followed those steps like I still hanged around with more Caribbean people I didn't really not the English like English English brands you know like the ones that were like oh the, the two parks and stuff I never listened to it and it's only when even when I left school bro I was still hanging around with Jamaicans I was still yeah. so it's like it didn't affect me in the way that how that I think that they that, that, that they wanted to affect me but I think mm. I learned about racism the wrong way I think I learned about it the wrong way because it was I know I learned about no I learned about history not racism I learned about history the wrong way 
I think if I, I would, was, if it was I wouldn't necessarily say you didn't. I wouldn't necessarily say sorry to you. Learn history the wrong way. I think you learned history the way it needed to be learned because at the end of the day, there's no point sugarcoating what happened. No, 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 no. But then, yeah, but then uh, it was okay. No, but then in my in my life and in my family, yeah, race wasn't a problem for us because my mum, my nan had integrated us. Remember, you always were a product of you. You all you you were a product of your environment. So where we lived was a very like upscale area. So I had white friends, black friends, Bangladeshi friends. Yes. Every, every walks of life, there was no racism mm. in it. When I saw my mom talking to a Bangladeshi woman, it, she was just my neighbor. When I saw my mom talking to a white woman, she was just my neighbor on the street. Everyone knew, even if there was like fifty houses down this one street or a hundred. Yeah everybody knew each other it's only when you came out of that area yeah. and you started to see oh the white neighbor didn't talk to the white neighbor why not okay. because he's polish the other one's russian boom 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 and you're thinking stuff like this is like what is this like i've never seen this before so it's only when you start to grow up and you start to see it yeah. you're like okay and then but kids kids my yeah. age were mm. teaching me about what it was that's what i'm thinking they 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 showed me what racism was was in their mind they had to show it to me quickly because it's like it's like it's like i was like i was i was like a deer in headlights it's like i was in danger do you know what i mean like that's the way they showed it to me like, yeah it's I, I, I i understand that but i, I definitely feel it's more I, I i'm not gonna put it all the blame on it but i just think it's just technology in general i think is as is, is what's also changed how things are i mean like you said family orientated like when you were younger and stuff like that was because the only way to meet people and to speak to people was to physically be in front of people or to phone them on the phone and you know and meet some form of arrangement so the neighbors that you had and stuff like that were like your your friends on facebook do you know what yeah. i mean it was they were your friends on facebook you would know like when I was growing up, we knew, you know, three, four, five, six doors down. We knew them. Yeah. Because we did. would see them every morning. Our parents yeah. would speak. The kids would go to the same school. And that's how it is. But nowadays, like I said, it I hate to sound like an old man when I'm but it is just technology nowadays and how and how much it affects our lives and how saying one statement can change how things happen. You know what I mean? Like social media and stuff like that is so, so, so powerful now. So like everybody's message and everybody's feelings and emotions can now start off these these campaigns and these idolizations of, you know, different ways of thinking. And I think that's what makes us more diverse now and more kind of battling with each other. And like you said, why it's become so much more of a topic now is because it's so much more in your face. Anywhere you look, when we were young, it was just the news. That's what. Yeah. That's when bad things happened, one on news. Yeah, and that's it. Nowadays, it can be the news. It's Google, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's this, it's that, it's TikTok, it's, it's whatever, anywhere you turn, now, you can see something. That's why they don't even sell you papers anymore. You can pick up papers for free. 
Back then, when we were kids, that's how you found out your stuff in papers and on television, and that's your bubble. The rest of it was between you and your neighbours, and wherever you worked, that was your mum was life. Facebook. Your mum was Facebook. If you wanted, yeah, to do you know what I mean. Know. Exactly, and, you, and the people that the other kids in other places, they weren't like your friends' friends, like obviously that you had in school. But they were like, yeah, like your Facebook friends that you would speak to every now and then. Or, you know, you would say hello and you say, oh, you look nice today. And, and that's fine about you. But nowadays, you know what I mean? I could be, I'm, you know, you could be friends with someone, you're not even in the same country. You don't even know. You don't even know him. And you're friends with him on Facebook. Oh, he's a mutual friend. He's got like 89 friends in common with him. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like I said, and I think that's also why it's such more of a main thing now and why you notice it a lot more because it's just so accessible so easy to access and anything can steer off anyone you know especially nowadays you know if you don't have a certain amount of this or if you don't have this certain amount of you know of colour in this and, and all this kind of stuff there's problems there's issues and it's just so mainstream now it like I said, it's another point in history that you will explain to the future generations. Yeah, it's gonna have to this be. This like you know what I mean. When my when when my mum told me about oh, you know when she started working in a factory and how it, how difficult it was for her at first being black and all that kind of stuff and you know not being welcoming and all that kind of stuff, especially like you know at that point, you know is one thing. And then obviously, for me, I will tell my son. A slightly different story, you know, and I would involve what my mum was like. I would say to him, "Yeah, you know, my mum had the same, you know, that's how it is." And this generation now will explain to their kids, "Oh yeah, in this this is when all the movements happened, when you know this started to you know become more important, when this happened, when the boom of technology did this and did that." And, yeah. It's truth. So it's the truth. It's the truth. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not boring people on your podcast. No, 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 no. It's, it's a good. I want. Like, I, I I warned everybody. If you listen to the Teddy Hoggle, is it is it Teddy Hoggle or Dom? I did explain to people these podcasts will be a lot longer because I am drawing out people. I'm trying to draw them out of their of their normal. So I'm trying to make them talk more in this in, in, in this version of the podcast. You know what I mean? but, no, but I just I'm, I'm getting that strange feeling that people are thinking, ah, oh, he's gonna have an answer. No, oh, no, he's, no, gonna, no. he's gonna say something. I know. Just say yes. Just say. No, there's, no, there's no answers. There's no There's no right answers. So, um, coming into the lighter side, yeah, of it. Now, um, what is the biggest money lessons you had to learn? Money lessons I had to learn. So basically, you there, there's there's been a money lesson that you've had to learn very quickly. Like, has there been something like? Is it something that you didn't know when you were younger and when you got older you were like oh shit that's a lesson that i had to learn very quickly like you know that like, sometimes like you take out a loan and like yeah. it's like you take, you take out a credit card or something like that yeah and like say you pay for something for someone and then someone's like dobbed you in and then yeah. you had to pay that whole thing off can you advise the people like yeah what, what money lessons what, what what money lessons did you have to learn well just just literally yeah yeah being I know it's not necessarily now. Don't, <laughs> I don't want to take it in the wrong way, right? But I'm going to say it. And the, the money lessons you learn is is being in a relationship. 
Oof. Okay, it's a good one. Being yeah, in a relationship. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that it doesn't come past or past with it. At the end of the day, I know, you know, being in a relationship, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be in a relationship for long. But you understand how much your life and money changes when you go into a relationship. And if you don't learn fast, you, you, you suffer the consequences. Big time. Because, like I said, everything could be going swimmingly, and then it all crashes down, and you realise how important money is. So, is money, is, is, is money, is money everything then? Now, as you've got older, has money become more important in a relationship? For what you were talking about relationships, yeah, what's what's more important? Do you think it's love or money? I don't necessarily say now I'm going to try and word this in the best way possible I wouldn't necessarily say it's money like physical money that actually is what is the relationship I think it's the understanding of the safety that money is there do you get what I mean? so having the money is one thing so if you have two million pounds that's one thing right but if you spend that two million pounds Right, then what happens to you? You become nothing. But if you're if you're a person who's got a million pounds, but then that person knows that you've got another million somewhere accumulating a million a year, Mm -hmm. that keeps that is what is that's more safety. Yes, not money itself. Like you said, is, is, is it is money everything? I don't necessarily think the money itself is is what's everything. I think the value of it is what is what's important. Knowing that it's there, learned, I have learned. I have learned that money is the Achilles' heel of not my life. I've, I think I've learned that it's that it's that that it that it is an an Achilles heel, like what you said. If my Achilles heel got chopped today, and that money wasn't coming in, I it's like what you're saying. It's the blanket of it being there is sometimes more powerful than you having the money. And I think I yeah. I do understand what you're saying. It is because if I'm sitting on a chair and I have nothing more arguments are caused whereas if you know that the media is coming in I think it's very chilled yeah you can't if you're in a relationship and you go to someone and say look I've spent all the money but don't worry I'll get paid next month right Right? they're not going to suffer that but if you say to them look don't worry I've spent all this money and there's still £10,000 sitting in the bank account yeah. they're going to be more acceptable and I think that just happens in general and like you said I, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily it's money that's important I think it's the value of it and what the prospects that it brings I money the prospects is... the, the of the prospects of you being able to spend it no it's not even necessarily to spend it like I said it's not spending the money it's the it's the it's what Toby's gone. Not right now. 
I'm that, back. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Spending it, it's not necessarily spending it, which is the, the important part. It's the, it's the illusion of spending it without spending it. So, for okay. example, what you find, especially when you go into a relationship and stuff like that, is that the expectations of your future, of what you're going to spend your future money on. Do you get what I mean? That is, that's what's more expensive than the money itself. So, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, you plan for a holiday, you plan for a wedding, you plan to buy a car. You're, you're thinking of what you're spending your money on. When you actually spend the money on your car, you're like, that's, mm, that's a lot of money I'm spending. Mm. But like mm. I said, it's, it's, especially when you get into a relationship or just anything like that in general, where you have to start paying your own bills and stuff like that, it's just the prospect of spending your money without spending it is what keeps you going. Okay. It's what keeps okay. you going. So money itself is important. Because at the end of the day, we lived without money. In many different generations of time. We traded and so forth and so on, which is another form of money or currency, whatever you want to say. But yeah, I generally think that it's the value of what money brings and what you can do with it and what it is to actually spend it. Because at the end of the day, rich people, they buy 30 cars. Yeah. They don't drive them. They don't do anything with it, but they buy them. Why? Because they can spend it. But they're still sitting there with money in their account. They wouldn't buy those 30 cars if they know that their money would disappear. Okay. And that's that's why I think that's why I think money itself is important. It's the value. Okay. Um, second to last question. Yeah. What do you want to achieve? What do I wish to achieve? Yeah. It sounds silly. Satisfaction. satisfaction. In what, though? In what the... Uh, that satisfaction in the sense that I could look at myself and, you know, possibly at my life and think to myself, you know, my children, what I've done for them and what I've done for myself, my family, and my community. Okay. I think that's what's important to me. And obviously, it's easier said than done. But yeah, I, I think that the most important thing is to focus, especially you know, for me now at this at this time, I think it's to focus on myself because focusing on myself makes me better for other people, and then eventually making myself better for other people will make me better for my community. Yeah, you need to cause ripples, mate. Once you're, yeah. once you're better, yeah. ripples will emerge yeah. and it will be all right for you. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, I think yeah, that's, that's what I want to achieve. And like I said, it's, I'm not saying, the reason why I'm not saying, oh, I want to be this or I want to do this or I want to do that is because at the end of the day, satisfaction can come from anyone. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you Satisfaction can come from the smallest things. Yeah, the yeah. smallest things. So as long as I can look back and know that, you know, I feel satisfied in the, in the extent that, you know, I've bought something. I, I don't want to be satisfied you know, in the sense that I've done everything I could. I want to be able to look back and go, oh, you know, yeah, maybe I should have done that and not feel bad about it and just laugh at it. Like, but I've done all these other things. Okay. You know? Satisfaction. Like I said, it's hard to justify into a sentence, but... 
I'm hoping I kind of. You know it. You know it. Mate. Thoughts about getting old? Yeah, I'm getting old, bro. Old, bro. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> uh, uh, no one wants no to. One wants to. <laughs> Not necessarily, no one want, doesn't want to. But it's like you know, there's certain things that you do, like or like, certain things that happen that remind you that you're getting older and you know you could either look at it in the sense of you know it's just another day or you know it's just part of life at the end of the day you do what you can in the time that you have yeah you, you try to make the best you try to make the most of it right it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter what age you are you're still old how old are you yeah one years old how old are you? I'm four years old. Yeah, you're still going to get older, right? That's right. You, you, you're old. From when you're born, you're old. Last time I checked, how old are you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one years old. Yeah. Do you know what it's I mean? I'm one, year, I'm one year older. Yeah. So, at the That's end of the true. day, it's just, it's just being part of life. At the end of the day, no one wants it. No one doesn't. No one wants their back to stop working, or you know, no one wants to stop doing what they love doing and all that kind of what stuff. Kind of no one does. At the end of the day, you just find ways to make sure that you can do it as much as you can for as long as you can, for as long as you can. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. Oh, bro, that's it. Can you imagine? That's it. That's it. The podcast, bro. There you go. What did you think? Um, yeah, it was good, bro. Like I said, at the end of the day, I like, you know, I love talking. I love talking. And probably a lot of people realise that. I like, sometimes I feel to myself, I like trying to be the voice amongst reason. Yeah. If that makes sense. I try to find uh, a level playing field to my answer. And I don't do it on purpose to be facetious or romantic or anything. But I just, you know, try to get my point across with both aspects of like you said coming back to the original question being mixed race having yeah, the broader perspective of both cultures and understanding that's, both struggles that's what I'm trying to do that's why I've got different races of this time Trying, I'm trying to bring them on the podcast as much as I can to understand just people's different cultures that's my purpose brother it's trying to get people's voices heard on this podcast as much as i can to get their point across that that's that's it man yeah but i would just like to say it wasn't it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for me just to get my point across so i have suffered a lot of racism in my life from both sides black and white and you just kind of have to roll with the punches um you know, I'm lucky uh, enough to have this conversation, have conversation with you, and, and you know what I said, I truly mean. I hope people who listen understand that. But I'm not standing here as if to say that my life was easy. It wasn't easy. I, I've never been in a you know uh, a family that's been together even before I was born. So. I had those trials and tribulations of coming from separate homes and, you know, not being accepted by both sides and, you know, always not being seen for the colour that I am. But, like I said, I try to look beyond that because at the end of the day, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm speaking to you, so, yes, I'm not saying everything has been sunshine and rainbows, but what happened, happened for a reason. And I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad yeah. to be having a conversation. So. That's good. No, man. I'd, I'd like to say, no, thank you for being 
you, you, but I think you normally are the first one. I normally have one anyway. I don't know what I don't know why I'm even saying thank you to them. Because you normally are the very first one I have on anyway. Because me and you, I, I, I trial my questions out on you most of the time anyway, bro. So, yeah, we talk a lot. So, I mean, we don't. Obviously, we are close friends outside of the podcast anyway. So, we generally speak to each other most days. And obviously, yeah, now we're playing UK and stuff, you know. It's even worse. It's even worse. There's literally screenshotting fucking women, anime women, and sending it to you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I would like to leave you with one more little thing. Um, all the all the alphabet letters sound like each other. So, sorry, sound like how they're spelt. So yeah. the only letter in the alphabet that is spelt wrong is W, because it starts with a D. Sorry. Yeah, W. When you say yeah. the word W, you have to say yeah. it with a D. Yeah. Every yeah. other letter in the alphabet sounds like their letter. Yeah. So it should be wobble you, not W. Yes, yeah, I guess I guess you can you can try and tell me that way, but obviously I think I think the way words are Yeah, yeah. Just letters, it changes letters. the announce yeah. the pronunciation of the letters. Yeah, it should yeah, be wobble. Like, so. you know. Everyone needs to change so. the way they say water wobbler or whatever they're gonna say, man. You know what I mean? Mm. No, but I'll say water. um Yeah. Thank you for having me on. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming thank on. Thank you, bro. I say, no worries. I'll take over now. From now on, it's going to be my podcast. <laughs> you can listen to my my subtle voice for the next four hours. Yeah. No, um, people, I'd like to say um, thank you. This is season three, part two of the Teddy Hogger podcast. Find me on all social media platforms. Um, Twitter is my main source of uh, basic or platforms if you want to talk to me or even if you want to ask questions now Spotify does have an option and Anchor does have an option where you can ask me any questions if there's any questions that you want to add to the podcast feel free to message me on Twitter at Teddy Hoggle um, Instagram Teddy Hoggle my stories will be on there I am on Snapchat now and on TikTok so people this is going well by and thank you on Lucky Retro again thanks for yeah no 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 worries it's been really good and yeah I'd just like to say yeah if if anyone's listening or anything put you know in your stories is it any kind of things you had to deal with in retail and you know your opinions on some of these questions as well it's just nice to see what people say I'm going to see if I can get some of them guys on but yeah I'm going to see if I can get but we'll talk later on in a meeting yeah no worries man that's always that's always all right, cool, cool, All man. Right. Thank, Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Nice cool. one. Cool.